Hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and we have another podcast episode with the one and only Crystal Love. She's like third time guest. Have yeah. you been on her three times? Mm-hmm. I know that sounds a little crazy having somebody on three times, but she's just competed in her first ever competition, uh, did the whole thing with keto, so I wanted to bring her on to pick her brain about that, kind of see what the experience was like, and just get her feedback on it. So, without further ado, how are you, Miss Crystal? I'm doing wonderful, thank you very much. Well, glad to have you on board yet again. Are you getting tired of being on the Keto Savage podcast yet? Never. Never? <laughs> so, for anybody that does not know you give the audience a quick little background on just give them a little bio on who you are well i'm crystal love i have been keto for going on two and a half years now which is super super exciting um i gosh what else about me i just competed in my first figure bodybuilding competition and um, i do keto coaching um, we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of the backstory on her in the other episodes. Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to get kind of into the detail on the backstory, um, but she had basically like a really unhealthy past, mm-hmm. and then has been doing keto for the past was it two years now exactly roughly? It was two years in January, so it's going to be about two two and a half years in like a month. And you've pretty much turned your life around, pretty much like full circle mm-hmm. since doing keto. Yeah. So I. I lived a very unhealthy lifestyle, and then I got kind of sick with all my stomach stuff, was a little bit forced to change my lifestyle, got into the gym, um, changed my diet to keto, and yeah, it's been so much better ever since, and I feel like I'm just getting better and better as time goes on. So let's talk about this competition. I want to kind of dive into, I just want to dive into that because there's not a whole lot of competitors that are doing keto um, you know, for their off season, their competition prep, their peak week, their re, uh, their their rebound, their post show. I mean, there's there's very few, especially females. So I want to kind of get your perspective on that, what that process was like, and just um, how that whole whole thing went down. Mm-hmm. So where should I start? <laughs> just dive dive into it. What made you want to do a um, show? Oh gosh. Okay. So I a couple years back decided that I wanted to do a show and I was I had kind of an unhealthy relationship with food at the time so I kind of tried but had to stop from continuing so I just let some time pass and um, I just kept going to the gym kept pushing myself and finally I came to a point where I just really wanted to challenge myself and I felt like maybe I was ready so I just made the decision on my own. Then I came to you and kind of just told you, hey, I'm ready to do this. Will you prep me? You know, will you be my coach? So um, that's kind of what led into that. Like I was just ready for another challenge. What made you want to do it all keto? Well, for me, there isn't really another option. Like, I, in my mind, there isn't another way of doing life in general. This is my lifestyle, and it always will be. Um, even if it comes out in 20 years that keto is the worst thing you could that could that you ever could have done, I probably wouldn't care, and I probably would continue because 
my diet with a carb base is just absolutely miserable. So, for anyone that doesn't know, this is relevant information. So, like, tell them kind of about your stomach issues and just kind of what you have going on. Some of them already have heard about it, like on your social media platforms and whatnot. But for anybody that doesn't know, um, so I have gastroparesis, uh, which is a paralysis of your stomach. Um, I also have it in my small intestines, and um, I have IBS. Um, I have some other stuff going on. Uh, we just don't really know the full extent of it all. We're still kind of, you know, needing to do some more tests, that kind of thing. But um, so my digestive system just really doesn't work very well. Um, everything moves extremely slowly. I get um, backed up very easily. Um, I have a lot of stomach pains and just issues all around. Didn't you go to the doctor for that and they gave you some recommendations? Um, yeah, stay away from fat. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, um, you're not following doctor's orders very good there. No, and you know, it, it is crazy because that's the kind of, like, that's kind of the time I was trying every diet. Like, I removed everything I could, um, and they literally told me I would be on, like, a liquid diet my the rest of my life. So, just eating shakes and pureeing my, like, foods. I would never be able to eat red meats, um... All of that, and I switch to keto, and I eat steaks, and, you know, I still don't really eat a lot of raw veggies, and there's things that I do stay away from still, but the fats are actually what has helped me be able to get in a good amount of calories on a day-to-day basis, and, um, yeah, I can easily eat meat now. I can't eat, like, an like a crazy amount, but I can definitely definitely eat normal food. What, I mean, what were some of the symptoms that you'd have with, like, the diets that they recommended? Because they recommended those to you because the sugars digest more slow or more quickly mm-hmm. um, with the intention of it moving through your system uh, easier mm-hmm. and not, you know, being slowed by, like, the IBS and the slow transit bowel. Um, so what, what happened when you would follow that kind of regimen? Uh, I would literally have, like, a bloated belly to where it was like I felt like I was just gonna pop. Um, I looked like I was just pregnant walking around. I mean, I was tiny everywhere else, and then I just had like this big belly, um, and it wasn't fat. It was just just bloating. And um, I mean, I was just there was days I just couldn't even deal with like the pain of it. It would just hurt so bad because nothing was moving. Um, I think the bloating made it like really just that much worse because there was just so much inflammation in my gut what was your training like and i mean how because when all this is going down mm-hmm. just kind of give the listeners some context so you pretty much quit your unhealthy lifestyle which consisted of smoking and drinking and whatnot mm-hmm. got on the ketogenic diet and started training all at about the same time right mm-hmm. what was that um I mean, just, just kind of talk about, we talked about that in the pre, in the previous episodes, but again, just for the new, new listeners, kind of what was that aha moment like? I want, I want to just bring this, this story full circle here. The aha moment of I have to flip my life around? Yeah. Um, I pretty much, I was in a decent depression, um, like mentally, and I was at like, 
my end with my like physical health and I knew that there had to be something else that I could do. Um, I had previously, you know, watched some of your shows and that kind of thing. So I knew like watching you and other people in my life at that point that there was definitely something I could do. My doctor said, you know, to start getting more active and not that I wasn't an active person, um, but I, I wasn't at that time. So I pretty much just said I'm going all in and I just like I quit smoking um I like quit drinking um I kind of just had to surround myself with a new group of people and just completely flip it around I mean you get to a point where you just almost can't anymore and you don't want to keep going day after day anymore and you either know it's going to keep going like that. It's going to keep declining or you can get your stuff together and move forward. And moving forward was the only way. So I got a, a trainer. Um, I changed my diet. Um, I was on the typical like bro diet for a little bit and that still wasn't working for my stomach and just moving with the, around with the doctors and stuff. And then um, that led me to keto. But uh, my training was really good. <clears throat> When I first started, like, it's crazy looking back. Like, I started with the lightest weights. I walked into the gym, and this old guy was just like, you have no idea what you're doing. You know, anytime you're in here, if you have any questions, just let me know. Like, I just didn't know what I was doing because lifting was very new to me. I had always been, like, a runner. Um, So I was jumping in completely, like, blinded but so happy to be doing it I have like a very addictive personality and I choose things and I stick to it and it's really hard for me to stray away from it so for me it was just like a matter of making it a habit and then I just found a new love you know in counting macros in watching my diet and also in going to the gym Okay, so what what happened with regard to, like, you start working out, you start living a healthier lifestyle. What shift occurs in your mind that makes you want to take it to the next level and actually step on stage and compete against other individuals? Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I guess... um, I guess you get to a point where you want you put in all this work and you are, I don't even know how to put it into words. You put in a lot of work. Every single day you're at the gym, um, you're crushing it, you're getting PRs, you're um, pushing yourself every single day. And I don't know, for me, it was just like a, I needed to prove to myself that I could, mm-hmm. you know, and like, being on stage in heels and my hair done and my makeup all done in a bikini in front of a huge crowd of people was not really my like ideal situation. And I still wanted to do it because I knew I had put in a lot of work into my body and I wanted to be able to go on that stage and, you know, show that I show what I've done and and to see just to kind of like lean down see and compare myself to other people's you know bodies in a positive light of course and learning what I can make better yeah 
I think I think just like I wanted a challenge, you know. And and you had kind of tried to to cut down previously. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your goal then? I wanted to get to seventeen percent body fat. And how'd that go down for you? Awful. It was absolutely awful. I was keto, um, and I just tried to do it myself, and people get too anxious, and that was totally me. I was too anxious. I just jumped in and didn't care well enough for myself to take the time, so I um, rapidly decreased my calories. I was extremely hungry. I was I don't even know what my my macro ratios were at the time, but I'm sure it was just awful. Um, I think I was still like 20 grams, 20, 25 grams total carbs, um, or maybe like 5%. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, it was awful. I, I was an emotional wreck. I had a super unhealthy relationship with food, and that just made it that much worse. I think a lot of people kind of go on these mini cuts mm-hmm. and they just try and be incredibly aggressive with it um cut their calories too fast ramp up their cardio too quick and that almost inevitably leads to just like an emotional burnout because their why isn't strong enough and they're not giving them enough time mm-hmm. to to make it like a habit they just want to just quick results and it winds up you know <laughs> imploding on them yep that's exactly exactly what happened I, I definitely remember your emotions through the roof during that. Because that was only, what, like a two-month time that you were doing that? One mm-hmm. or two months? Yeah. And I remember we went for a walk. And we were walking to the park. <sighs> and you were so fixated on food and just emotional about food that we couldn't even have a conversation. Like you just were mad and irritable about, you know, when your next meal was and... Like, I just laid down on the grass and said, okay, well, you go home and eat, and I'm just going to relax here by myself. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a really bad time. And that's exactly how it went down, too. I just was, I was so angry. And, like, all I wanted was food. And that's the sad thing is that's, like, the norm. You know, people people try and do this, and that, that becomes the reality. Um, and, and not to say that, like, you can't do a competition, I mean, you're going to be hungry. That is just part of it. But doing so in a sustainable manner is absolutely paramount. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I want to kind of backtrack a little bit more. You, you did that cut or that, that mini cut. You did not get to your 17% goal there. Yep. And you kind of beat yourself up internally. Um, and you kind of were apprehensive to cutting down for a competition at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want that to be your lifestyle. You thought it was petty and superficial and it was just not worthwhile what happened between then and now is it just simply that you wanted to prove it to yourself um at that point I don't think that I thought it was petty um I just it was just not my cup of tea to step step on a stage um but what was the what was the question sorry I guess you just wanted at that point to like prove to yourself like enough time had elapsed that you yeah, so um, uh, the, the last podcast that we had done, uh, we kind of talked about how I wanted to do the powerlifting and um, how I wasn't really able to do that anymore just because of some of like my health structural issues, that kind of thing. 
So at that point, I kind of was just a little bit down and I feel like I just needed a new goal. And it was something that I felt like I could do, but I think I was actually just too afraid to do it. And and maybe I made excuses like, oh, I don't really want to be like that girl flipping my hair on stage, you know? Um, I think that was like a really good excuse for me to get out of it. And so when I decided that like I was ready for my next challenge, um, going on stage made sense. It's what I do to build my body in a, um, in a, you know, uh, physical look, you know, I just, I have the look of, um, a figure competitor. I feel like a lot of people that don't understand the sport are really quick to judge and Mm -hmm. just kind of, it's kind of weird. Like I've had people, you know, I, I probably even used this before I started competing where I would just be like, oh, that's, that's stupid. You know, going up on stage and posing in front of a bunch of judges, like they just write it off instantly. But I think a lot of that is, just festering in them from a lack of self-confidence um and just because it's it's not a team sport like it's individual sport like you're up there to prove to yourself that you can do that you can accomplish that you can put yourself through that consistently for the time that it takes and i think a lot of people don't understand that and they're just they're really quick to just pass judgment on other competitors and it's, it's it's unfortunate because it really is an awesome awesome sport yeah, absolutely. And the thing about bodybuilding is it is so much a mental thing, even more so than a physical. You literally are pushing yourself to the limit with everything. And people who are prejudging um, someone who is a bodybuilder that is going up sta- on stage in a, you know, a, um, a bikini suit or um, a, you know, a, like trunks like the, the men wear and they think, oh, all they do is get orange and they go flex on stage. It's not even like that. It's so, so much hard work and dedication and persistence. And honestly, I feel like the majority of society couldn't do it. And they look down upon it because well, one, they don't understand it, but two, it's just, it just seems out of the norm, but it is so, it's so much harder than people really think it is, and it's hard, it was harder than, you know, I ever thought it was. I've watched you go through it, but to do it yourself is a completely different thing. What, like, this is a good segue here, so what did you think, what did you expect going into it versus, like, what actually happened like what 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 was in line with what you expected versus what was totally um, unexpected and kind of took you by surprise hmm I think the beginning part was very much so what I expected it was easier Um, I was still pretty you know high calorie Um, it was I was still making PRs in the gym I felt really good Um, but honestly I had a lot of ups and downs emotionally. That's just something that you're going to deal with um, with a prep. But I think it was a lot easier for me to keep a really positive attitude. A lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be 
horrific and just so hard and I was just going to be dying every minute of every day and I wasn't. I was I was determined and I wanted to be the best me that I could and through that I had to be a positive person. I had to, you know, bring in the light uh, in every situation. So that was definitely different. I kind of just thought I was just going to be down and dragging the whole time and I definitely was not. Um, another thing that I find super funny is I thought that show day would be the day that I actually didn't like at all. Um, because I'm not very big on, you know, wearing heels and showing off and, um, you know, the whole big hair, lots of makeup, that kind of look, but you don't even think about it. You're just there to to show everything that you've put into it. And that day I was just so happy. Like all day. I didn't go on stage until I think it was 4 p.m. for the first time I went on stage. And so all day I was just really happy. I was in the zone. I was ready to do it and crush it. And I was just really happy. Um, and I guess I didn't anticipate that for myself. I think I thought I was going to be a lot more nervous and, um, just not as excited for that piece, but I totally was. It's easy to be that happy when you know you've given the prep everything you possibly could. If you had regretted anything throughout the prep, then you would have probably been miserable on show day. Yeah. What, what was the hardest point in the prep? Like what was... Actually, let's just back up a little bit. Let's talk about the kind of the stats and the specs and kind of like how the prep panned out. So you were dieting for 22 weeks, Mm -hmm. which is an insanely long amount of time. Most (laughs) people don't diet that long. What were your starting macros? Oh, honestly, I don't remember. I was at 2,300 calories. I don't remember what I was at protein, fat, and carb-wise, but I was at a 80-15 I was for sure at 80% fat. But you started at 2,300 calories? Mm-hmm. What was your body fat then? Um, 25%, almost 26. Maybe. Okay, so almost 26% starting, dieting down for 22 weeks. What, like, what happened? Like, how was your progression? Did you lose fat as quickly as you anticipated? Did you lose any muscle? Like, just kind of talk about the progression mm-hmm. of those 22 weeks. Oh gosh, well I thought I was going to lose fat a lot faster than I did and for a while there, for weeks on end, I mean I think it was like two months before I actually saw the scale move. Two months before seeing the scale move. Let's let that <laughs> line sink in a little bit for these people that are really quick to assume nothing's working. Yeah, and being at you know your mid 20% body fat, you expect to, you know, for your body to respond a little bit, you know, more quickly. You just think it's just going to go the way you want it to. You've increased your cardio, you've decreased your calories, you've, you know, put in all the work, your workouts are more intense, all of that, and you're still not seeing the scale move. And it is so, uh, it's so upsetting at times. And, I really didn't try and let that let me, you know, get me down. Um, but the one thing that saved me is that my measurements were changing and 
I was able to see the difference in um, pictures and I did progress pictures. Um, I think the first couple months we did it like every three weeks or yeah, yeah every, every three, three weeks. weeks or so. And I was able to see the difference in the pictures, which was really, really wonderful because if I was just relying on the scale, it would have just, I would have been so depressed. Um, and so as it continued, I was slowly, slowly seeing it, the seeing the scale drop and yeah, I, I guess, I guess I was kind of upset the whole time. I wasn't even like upset, but I just never really felt ready. I never really felt like I was getting to where I wanted to be. There was times where I would notice that my clothes were looser, but I still felt just as big as I did when I weighed 10 pounds heavier. And um, I don't know. It's just, it really is, it's a mind game because your body's changing, but you aren't able to really um, see it as it does change, as you are losing the body fat, that kind of thing. Um, And even... Up until like the last couple weeks, I still didn't feel ready. Even up until the last day, the last hour, I still felt like there was changes I could have done to my body that could have made it better. I feel like everybody's their own worst critic though, especially like, you know, for their first competition, not knowing what to expect, the the unknown is the biggest variable there and it always leaves room for your mind to wonder and think, you know, what if? Am I ready? What could I have done differently? Is this the best conditioning I could bring to the table? Um, et cetera, et cetera. So what kind of, what, what was the hardest part in the prep? What was your lowest, most emotional trying moment during the whole 22-week period? I think it was maybe three weeks out. Um, by that point, I, I actually like stayed fairly full the whole time and I'm cutting it down to like only one meal a day so I could feel like somewhat full at one point of the day. Um, but it was about, I think it was about, I don't know, I think it was three weeks. And I just, maybe four or five weeks out, um, I started getting tired of never getting full. I was never full. I was always hungry. I was pushing myself twice as hard in the gym. My cardio had increased a crazy amount. We were producing keto bricks in the kitchen and staying up all night long uh, making the bricks and uh, you know, starting new coaching. And um, I was just completely drained. And... I wasn't yet to the point where I could have a refeed, but my body was just hungry and tired and my joints hurt and I was, I don't know, you just push for so long and at that point I was like, man, I've been doing this for, you know, 18, 19 weeks and I'm just tired and, you know, you get down because you've just been pushing and pushing and pushing and you can still look in the mirror and still see flaws And you just wonder if all of this is going to be worth it in the end. And um, I think that was definitely my hardest point. I just, I was really emotional. I was just really drained. And 
the funny thing is that it, it was only one moment at a time. <clears throat> you had to take one moment at a time because one minute I would be so down and I'd be crying and I'd be so upset. But then the next minute I'm laughing and so excited and ready to take on the world. And it was really just like a, an emotional roller coaster, you know. What would help you kind of like reset yourself and find that positivity again in those dark moments? Um, I actually, I ended up turning to myself a lot. Um, you know, you always want to confide in someone. You always want to like tell someone else about it and nobody else cares as much about you as you do. Nobody cares. And that's okay because you need to be able to get over things yourself. You need to be strong enough. And that is what I learned through this process is that, you know, I can do anything within myself you know, um, and that maybe sounds selfish or something, but I've grown so much as a person just from doing this competition. Um, I would, you know, pick myself up. I would go to the gym. I would go sit in the sauna or go tan or do cardio. Um, the gym was my sanctuary. That's where I could go to relax, put my music in. Um, it would distract me away from food and, um, yeah, that, that was kind of like my go-to. I would go in the evenings a lot and just kind of take a step back and, you know, just remember to be grateful. And I, I am so, so blessed in my life in so many different areas that sometimes I just had to take a step back, remind myself of all of those things and, you know, move forward. And I have to say, the followers that I have, the people that I have in my life and on my social medias and all that are absolutely 100% amazing and they lifted me up anytime I was down. Yeah, the, uh, I don't know, like with social media, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like a lot of times it can, you know, pry into your life in a negative way if it's, if it's negative, like if you allow it to be negative, but, and you have like a good relationship with your audience and your followers, I mean that's a, that's powerful like you can turn to them and just be honest with them and vent to them and then they they can build you back up and there were several times where you know somebody would say something on your instagram story or dm you or email you and that one little comment mm-hmm. would be the pivotal factor that changed your emotions from negative to positive absolutely yep absolutely <clears throat> what about the um like the training aspect of it like a lot of people start to you know become zombies and really start to suffer in strength as their calories get lower and lower um actually the talk speaking of calories what was the protocol used for you during those 22 weeks like what happened to your macro ratios and your grams like as a whole overall uh so <clears throat> we we started me off with like 80 percent fat um I slowly decreased everything. The majority of my prep, I was at 10 grams of total carbs. Um, 10 grams of total carbs. How did you have any energy? <laughs> I know, right? Um, no, it was actually uh, amazing. I felt really, really good. Um, my my, my uh, fat never went below 80%, and I actually believe um, the last like even month of my prep, I think I was at like 83% bot, or uh, 83% 
um, fat ratio. <clears throat> um, and should I go ahead and say my protein, what my protein was at? Yeah, what was your protein at? My protein was, uh, I think I got, was it 30 grams? Yeah. We got me down to 30 grams of protein, and I stayed at that for, I think it was like almost a full month. Yeah, it was like three weeks, I think. Yeah, three weeks of 30 grams of protein. And believe it or not, through that entire competition prep, low protein, low carbs, I did not lose any muscle. In fact, at certain points, I gained muscle. And I got PRs in the gym. See, that's, I don't know, like, (laughs) I can't drive that point home hard enough. When I did my competition prep, I got down to 65 grams of protein, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, following keto the whole way through. And for a male bodybuilder, I mean, all my competitors were at like 300 grams of protein. Yeah. So for you as a female, you know, relatively speaking, everything's relative, 30 grams of protein is probably reasonable, about Mm -hmm. half of what mine is. And here you are not losing any muscle tissue. In fact, you're hitting PRs and, you know, building muscle. Um, what, I mean, what do you say to people that, that tell you that you have to have more protein to compete? I mean, all the competitors that you're on stage with are probably just getting protein and not hardly any fat or carbs. Yeah, um, a lot of people were saying, like, I don't know the last time I had red meat. I don't know, you know. And they all knew that I was keto um, because, well, we kind of talked about it, but also because they knew Robert was my coach. He's keto savage. Um, so they started asking me um, about keto, and they had kind of all, like, heard about it a little bit. Um, so they were asking me about my diet a little bit, um, you know, right before we would go on stage, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, their diet was like completely different and they were all like eating candy and stuff. It is kind of crazy yeah, to we see were them backstage. all eating candy, like Easter, leftover Easter candy. <laughs> yeah, we were backstage and there's this one girl that had like a whole bag of those, are they Haribo? Har- what are those, um, gummies? The little bear, gummy bears? Oh yeah, I don't know that. Starts with the H, yeah. like Haribo, I don't know how to pronounce it. But, yeah, she was just, like, tipping that bag back and just, like, chowing down yeah. on just the pure sugar gummy bears. And here you are. What were you eating backstage? I was eating fat bombs. It was so good. My fat bombs consisted of butter and almond butter. And it was it was actually, honestly, the perfect um, mixture. I, I felt um, it had, like, a tiny bit of carbs, a tiny bit of protein, and tons and tons of fat. Um, and it really just, like, helped me look more filled out. And I felt um, pretty full as well did any of the girls backstage or any of the competitors talk about what they were doing with their water intake at all yeah um there was a couple of girls that it actually surprised me that they they actually were drinking a decent amount of water um but yeah i was i mean i was drinking my water like regular and i was afraid to drink water because you know they say to manipulate it and i know i've watched robert and you know during his competition um, you were, you had drank like two gallons before stepping on stage or something crazy. Um, or two liters or something. Yeah, like a gallon before stepping on stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I knew that it was going to be okay. Um, but yeah, it is kind of crazy. I think we talked about the girls and I talked about it more when I was getting my makeup done in the morning because that's when we were all there, like being able to talk. Um, but yeah, they were definitely manipulating their water, not drinking very much at all. 
what did I mean? Because keto's getting bigger and bigger and kind of more and more prominent. Like they all probably have heard of keto before, mm-hmm. right? They yeah, wasn't just an unknown them. to them, was it? Yeah, no, most of them knew what keto was, and they kind of asked a little bit about um, what I had for my like meals leading up to it, but they were more curious about what I was going to eat the night of the competition. <laughs> Speaking of the meals leading up to it, what was your peak week strategy? Like, what what did you do for that? Uh, peak week, I kept everything the same. And you had the refeed the night before? Uh-huh, yep. And I had the refeed the night before. I had a fathead pizza crust. Um, keto refeed, by the way. Yes, keto refeed. We do not eat carbs over here. Um, so... I kept I kept my carbs super super low still. I think I was at I think the pizza put me over. I think it was at like 12, mm-hmm. 12 or thirteen grams of um, carbs for the day. Um, I had anchovies on top. I had some chorizo and some ground beef on top as well. Um, there was a lot of sodium in there. I can't remember what we knocked it up to, but I had a lot of sodium that day. Yeah, there was. Well, so, and what did that sodium do for you? Like, what did you feel different? Like, what what did it, what did it cause to happen? Um, it makes your skin a little bit tighter, makes you way more vascular. Um, the next morning, more filled out, um, muscle wise, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think that was definitely the best reaction I had had to that salt. Mm-hmm. For this to the sodium, and we had like slowly increased it each week just to like make sure that my body was reacting the right way, and I think that I could just handle a lot more salt. It's kind of crazy. You were all against the anchovies, like you didn't even want to taste them. Oh, and yeah. then <laughs> after the first time, you're like, oh, I'm craving those anchovies. Yeah, I still want them. Like I still would totally have a fathead pizza with anchovies all over it. Um, it is crazy. I had the craziest cravings um, during prep. Like, I am totally not a fish person, and I was like, I really want to try salmon. Like, I really want to try this. I want to try that. Things that I hated, it, like, started smelling good. Um, and it is kind of funny the way you get with food. And I still want to try those things. And I wasn't able to try them at the time because, of course, they you know wouldn't fit into my macros. It wouldn't be worth it at the time. Um, but yeah, it is kind of funny how, how you get with food and how you have such a respect, not, it's not even a respect for food. It's just like a appreciation, a pre- yeah, appreciation for food and the, the different tastes and smells. And it's just kind of crazy how we take it for granted, um, every single day. Yeah. I think, you know, if nothing else, a competition you know, just as you said, makes you appreciate food. That's why, like, I, it's hard for me to have too much sympathy for somebody that just, you know, stuffs their their mouth every single day, doesn't appreciate the food, wastes a bunch of food. First of all, yeah. like, if you do a competition prep and you see people wasting food, you just cringe. I we like Robert and I literally walk through Whole Foods, and Whole Foods has. Um, like a little buffet, like a little salad bar and stuff. And I just saw people's plates and I was like, I just want to go throw up. Like, because they are just, like, it's sickening to me that they are not going to finish that. They're just going to throw it away. They're, you know, eating twice the amount that they actually need. And that's so wrong of me to think that, you know. I don't know what they, they need and they don't need. But when people do not finish their meal or they waste and they just throw it away, it just, oh. 
really gets to me. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, just overindulging in general, you know, the whole glutton gluttonous aspect of, of eating, it's just, I don't know, like your body is a, a primed machine. Like you want to optimize that. And when you do a competition prep, you're really in tune with your body. And you can really recognize what it needs to be optimized. And to just walk through life and see people that have no frame of reference as to what their body truly needs and then just do the exact opposite of what it needs in a very disrespectful manner to their own body, it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of discouraging. Yeah. It is crazy how much people just don't know about nutrition, their health, and you know, or even care. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm certainly in no position to judge people that, that just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, but if, I mean, I think everybody should just take an active part in being healthy. I mean, if you're unhealthy, then I think it's it's almost selfish to the, to the people in your family that, I was telling this to my dad the other day, but I think if you're unhealthy, and you live an unhealthy lifestyle, and you know it's an unhealthy lifestyle, then it's almost selfish to the people that, that love you and want to be with you longer because you're just shaving years off your life, you know? Like, your mm-hmm. body, like, that's that you only got one body, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm going off on a totally different tangent now. <laughs> so let's talk about the show day. Um, you know, you do the peak week, you have the refeed, uh, keto refeed, fathead pizza, you're backstage eating your fat bombs you step on stage boom what happens what emotions are happening there what's going through your mind what are you seeing just kind of give us a play-by-play oh my gosh uh first of all most amazing day of my life i just i felt on fire like i at first i was nervous you know we were like pumping up and i was just like what do i need to do what do i need to be doing you know and rob was like just like chill out and, you know, we're just going to pump up a little bit. You're going to be fine. Um, and I was, you know, standing backstage with the girls. I knew Robert was in the crowd. Um, and, you know, you walk on stage. You practice posing so, so much. <laughs> and I walked on stage. And, you know, you get, the, you get one chance. You get one chance to prove yourself to these judges. And I don't know how many judges were out there. I think there was like nine. Yeah, it's a pretty good panel. Um, and I just made eye contact with every single one of them. And it was actually kind of cool because as soon as we walked out, I was in the center of the stage. Um, so that was kind of like a neat experience to just already be front and center. Um, and... I don't know. Like, of course you have emotions running through you. I was afraid I was going to fall in my heels, um, all of that. But I was, at that point, I was just so proud of myself. I was so proud of the work that I had put into my body. I was so proud of the fact that I could get that lean when I didn't honestly know if it was possible. Um, And I literally just looked at each one of the judges and just, slightly nodded my head like yep I'm here I've done it and you can see it you know um there wasn't comparing yourself to the girls next to you because you're not looking at them every single one of those girls was up there to prove themselves in one way or another um I was really honored and blessed to be up there with such amazing girls um 
but I felt on fire. And of course, okay, um, posing and holding a pose and flexing for that long no is joke, huh? absolutely exhausting. I mean, you're shaking, but you have to hold your pose the correct way. You're literally thinking about every single part of your body in that moment. I mean, you have to think about your fingertips and what they're doing. You you know you don't want anything to look weird. Your um, you know your position changes. The the transitions from one pose to the next have to be perfect. Um, you have to show a little bit of um, not attitude necessarily, but just like a little personality. And so you're trying to think about all of this stuff, trying to come off really confident, and you're also trying to show them part of your personality. It was like the most fun experience ever. I got off that stage and I was just like so pumped up. Like I literally could not stop smiling. It is kind of crazy because, you know, I didn't know what to expect with regard to how you were going to respond to the competition. I know you felt, you know, pretty good about your prep, but you felt like a little a little doubtful towards yourself. Um, I didn't want any of that to come across as negatively. And then I didn't know how you would respond on stage because I didn't know if, you know, like that whole experience, like getting all done up, the makeup, the heels, the hair, um, which is not your personality, would have like a net negative effect on on the experience as a whole and just cause you to not like it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I went backstage, because I had the coaches pass, I went backstage and you're just like freaking smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> I mean, you smiled more than any other competitor back there. And I'm like, okay, wow, she's having fun. <laughs> you know, that's good to see. Yeah, it w- it honestly was an amazing experience. And I, I didn't know how at that point, like how I was going to place. I couldn't even compare myself to these other girls. Like some of them were leaner. Some of them were bigger. Some of them... You know, I mean, everybody was just so different. Everyone had a different body type. And you can't see someone's true body and their true work unless they're up there, they're posing. And I can't see them. You know, they're just standing next to me doing their thing as I'm doing my thing. I cannot see what I'm I'm being um, judged with. Um, so at that point, I had no idea. I was just, like, so stoked that... Like, I had gone up there with the confidence, and I just felt good. I just felt, like, seriously on fire. It was it was amazing. So what was – because your competition was a little bit different. Like, normally there's a pre-judging and a night show. Mm-hmm. So talk about kind of, like, just the, the layout of, of the competition. By the way, you did – what sort did you do? What federation? Um, I did the NANBF. Um, it was so- Southern States Classic. It was in Liberty, Missouri. Um, natural competition. Yep, natural competition. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. Everything was really laid out well. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked that that federation. So that without there being a prejudging and a night show, you basically just cycled through mm-hmm. all in one, basically. Yeah, so what happened is they would have... I was in the medium class, so they had... Uh, the short class go, medium class go, and then the tall class go. And what I found interesting that they do is usually they will have the you know novice go first, and novice is um, you know you had never done or placed um, I think the top five in a novice category before. So you go up there with girls who are like kind of in the same place as you coming into like the first show. 
Um, and actually, I did my open class first, which I found super, super interesting because I would have thought that I would have done, you know, the novice first. That way I can kind of ease myself into the stage and then do the open. Mm-hmm. But we really just like jumped in there, did the open class. And the open class is anybody in your height range. So um, I'm not sure exactly what my height range was exactly. It might have been like five. I don't know what the cutoff five, was. Five, I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> I was in the medium. And um, so we, yeah, we, we did the open classes of the short, medium, tall, and tall. And then they had um, us go back on again. And then it was novice, short, medium, tall. And then they had the masters and all of that go. And you're just, I mean, it was like I was just running around. I would, I went on the stage the first time. Robert met me in the back. We went upstairs and um, I ate a fat bomb. And then I got pumped up again to go back on stage for my open class. Um, And then I got off stage, went and ate another fat bomb. Um, I had a couple of minutes to kill and then we went on for um, placing. So it was like literally like boom, boom, boom. You get off stage, you get on stage, you get off stage, you get on stage. Um, and then I went on for the first time for judging. They call out only the top five placings. And you all go out onto the stage. And then they call um, fifth to first. And yeah. <laughs> all right well what was the placings how'd you do um in the open middle class i got first place first place first mm-hmm. competition keto all the way through yep. first place when i mean i was in the audience watching and filming and I, I knew you looked great i knew you looked really really good i didn't know like i didn't i didn't know with 100 percent certainty that you were going to get first place there was like mm-hmm. two or three girls that I knew close. were going to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. And I knew you were going to be in the top three. But when they called the second place, when they call, you know, they, they go backwards. And then when they called, when it was only two of y'all left standing, and they called the second pay, place person, and it wasn't you, <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, she just got first place. Yeah. I was, like, totally beside myself. It was crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. Because that's, I mean, honestly, I, I had no idea. I felt like I could have been bigger in areas. I felt like I could have been leaner. I felt, you know, there was a lot of things. But sometimes you just have to bring a full package. You know, there were some people up there that looked amazing, but they didn't know how to smile on stage. There was, um, you know, other people who they were super lean, but they could have used more muscle. And, And I feel like maybe I was like the middle of the road for everything, or maybe I just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly. You did have exactly. really, really good symmetry and balance. Like, that's one thing. I mean, your proportions were, in my opinion, the best hands down. Like, everything just flowed very seamlessly. Thank you. Um, so that one, I, I got um, first place. <clears throat> and then we did the open class, which actually had a couple extra girls in it. Um, and in the... The, uh, the novice, I got second place, and the, the woman that won against me, um, she was absolutely amazing. She uh, was in one of the master's divisions, um, and she, she just really looked great. She did a really great job. I'm really, really happy for her. Um, so she didn't compete in the open, right? Um, I honestly can't remember. I, I honestly can't remember. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure she did. And I think that she got second, which kind of threw me off a little bit. Both times, yeah, and and it may have been just like the fact of like she may have posed better for um, the novice, and um, you know I may have been exhausted by that point, or I don't know, I don't know how that really panned out because because looking back at the videos, I did see her twice with me, so I find that funny. That, um, hmm. yeah, but anyways, she did amazing. She looked really great, and I'm really, really happy for her. Yeah, no, that's awesome. The camaraderie backstage seemed really, really cool. Like, when I was up there, mm-hmm. we were all just kind of talking. Like, there was one girl that had lost, like, 150 pounds yeah. and stepped on stage, and it was, just, it was just cool to be able to interact with all the competitors. Too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. What, what did you feel, like, from the competitors? Like, did you feel like there was clicks or anything, or did you feel everybody was pretty open? I felt like everyone was pretty open. I mean, there was, um, yeah, there was, like, coaches back there. There was, um, you know, uh, other girls that I didn't talk to as much because we just simply weren't in the same class, so we weren't together as often. Um, But honestly, I felt like everyone was really nice. Um, Everyone, it seemed, you know, we were standing you know, right off of the stage, just kind of talking about how we've all put in the work to be there. We've all put in the work to be able to present ourselves the best that we can. And as much as we are competing against each other, it is a self sport and you have made, you've made your body, you know, like the girl that lost 150 pounds, it's absolutely amazing. We have completely different journeys, but Mm -hmm. we both had the right to be there we both worked our butts off to be there in that moment and it was just really cool that everyone was on the same same page with that and it wasn't like well i'm gonna beat her because i look better and you know it was like even through getting your makeup done getting your hair done doing the tanning anybody that i stood in line next to or was you know getting prettied up with um every single one of them was nice i never had one bad person yeah i think i don't know like that's that's what makes competing fun. Like when you go and there's just people backstage that are just kind of like giving you the eye and there's all these clicks, just negativity, like it just sucks the fun out of it. But when everybody's back there like genuinely wanting the best for everyone and caring about everyone, like it's kind of fun. Like all the guys that I compete with and that show up in Washington, mm-hmm. like we'll all message each other year round, just kind of like yeah. talking. I mean, it's cool because like, you know, we know that we're all going to meet up on stage and be battling mm-hmm. for the for the title, but we like to be able to just have that positive, you know, relationship, which is important. Um, kind of flashback to, you know, when Arnold Schwarzenegger competed, like he would train alongside those guys that he'd be stepping on stage with, and everybody just friends, you know. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So what? What else? What else happened? Well, <laughs> um, just to make it a topper of the day. Um, when I was being, after the judging and after the placings have been announced for the novice class, um, the, the announcer said something along the lines of, every once in a while here in, at you know, the NANBF, there's a little bit of love in the air, and uh, I look off stage and there is Robert just standing there um, being handed a microphone and he starts walking on stage and um he asked me to marry him so 
Yeah, I got uh, engaged. Honestly, I was just racking my brains for ways to get up on stage, too. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like a good option. Wouldn't surprise me <laughs> I almost took my shirt off and started flexing, oh, but I geez. didn't do that. Um, yeah, so seriously, the best day of my life because uh, I did my first competition. I won first place in the category that I really wanted to win first place in. Keto. Keto. And... I now am engaged to Keto Savage. Boom. That was a pretty full day for sure. It was. I think I was like in a daze. I just kept saying like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, you're kind of like beside your point. You're like when you, beside yourself, like when you walk off stage, it's like, it's it's almost too much to take in and, mm-hmm. and just comprehend all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was crazy, but it... Honestly, such an amazing experience. And I I have told people many times, like, if you have been debating doing it, just jump in. Give yourself plenty of time. Give your body plenty of time. We started, before I even started counting, I'm sorry, before I even started cutting, two months previously, I had increased my calories so that I had more to decrease from. And yes, I gained weight. I gained about, I think it was six pounds Mm -hmm. the two months before I started my cut. And I did that specifically so that I had more leverage to take from. I had more calories to remove from. Um, And it's, it's just super important to take care of your health, to take care of your hormones, to take care of all of that um, through the whole process and give yourself plenty of time. Um, another thing that I I did notice that I wouldn't mind touching on because I know a lot of females might be listening to this um, is hormones. I honestly didn't really have very many like um, ups and downs with hormones, and I I honestly uh, I think that that has a lot to do with being on keto. Um, that just keeping it more regular. Mm-hmm. Um, I did lose um, my my cycle. I lost my period. Um, when I hit 17% body fat. So I still to this day have not had a period in three, almost four months. Speaking of body fat, what did you wind up getting down to? Uh, 13.2% body fat. 13.2%. Mm-hmm. And you hadn't lost any muscle that entire time. Nope. We, we did in-body scans the entire 22-week uh, mm-hmm. contest prep and everything stayed solid. Yep. So what... Anything else as far as like the hormones and, and females, like as it would relate to, to females? Anything that you noticed with regard to comparing male and female going through a prep on keto? Um, I think I think just the fact that I could look at Robert, he could do a cut for a month and drop twice the amount of body fat that I would, you know, probably more than twice the amount. Uh, watching him go through it, I mean, he he just, everything responded a lot better, a lot more quickly. Um, so with females, you just have to be really patient with your body. Just be kind to your body and realize that it is such a process. Take pictures, take measurements. Do not rely on the scale because if I relied on the scale that whole time, there is no way in my mind I would have believed that I had gotten down to 13% body fat. Yeah. In your mind, you are still just as big as when you started. 
taking pictures, taking measurements, mm-hmm. that is absolutely paramount, I think. Because, I mean, you know, like you said, two months before the scale even moved, if yeah. you weren't having those outside reference points, then you would be depressed and be too discouraged to keep pushing forward. Absolutely. And know. that's where a lot of people, I feel, fail because they look at the scale and it's not moving. Yeah, yeah. When it's really just body composition changing. Mm-hmm, 100%. And that goes for males, too. I mean, that goes yeah. for both. So so what happened after the show? Like what, what was the, um, what happened afterwards? Uh, we went out to dinner. <laughs> what did we have um, for dinner? We went to a Brazilian steakhouse, had lots and lots of meat, um, different kinds, lamb, pork, uh, some chicken, some steaks, um, and I devoured a giant brownie. <laughs> a keto brownie. Yes, a keto brownie, of course, of course. How much meat do you think you ate at the Brazilian steak? Would you have gone anywhere else? Not That was your first time at a Brazilian steakhouse. Did it yeah. live up to... It was so good. It was so good. Um, so dangerous. I honestly, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I'm not sure I would do it again because I couldn't measure it. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been, you know, a smart idea to have gone to like a, just a steakhouse, gotten like a, you know, whether I wanted a 16 ounce steak or an eight ounce steak, just knowing how much I was eating. Um, it, it felt amazing. Um, to have that much meat and keep going, but but at, by that point you are just an endless pit. Mm-hmm. So you just keep eating and eating and eating and eating and and then I went oh, got back to the hotel and I ate a giant keto brownie and um, it was so so good and that I actually did break the the macros down and um, and I I calculated that but. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised how well I felt the next day. I mean, I, you could definitely see, like, my belly was still full. Um, and we didn't, like, sleep super long, so I didn't have, like, a ton of time to digest. But um, I, yeah, I, I, nothing happened like a normal carb-based diet would. would. If, if I would have gone out and had a carb meal, I would have ballooned up. But... I was still vascular the next day. I was, like, my muscles were filled out, and I felt really, really good. Yeah, I was really impressed at how, you know, I mean, your body didn't really have any negative response. Like, you didn't bloat. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing really bad. No. It was like my body just soaked it up because it knew that, like, ooh, I can use all of this, you know. I just had been not giving it anything for so long. What about, um, all right, so competition's over. You're eating again. What's that post-show experience like? Um, This is something I haven't really talked about a whole lot. Um, And I'm a little bit nervous about talking about it. And I haven't really opened up to anyone but Robert. Um, It's been really hard. Because for me, I dieted for 22 weeks. And your willpower and your mind is so strong through that time. I literally did not cheat once that whole time not even a little bit on my macros did I cheat so for 22 weeks knowing that I can do that and I am strong enough and I did it is absolutely amazing and then you let the reins loose and you have that night of 
I can eat whatever, um, and then, you know, we'll count a little bit on the next, the following day, and then, you know, right after that, on, on Monday, we are going to jump right back into reverse dieting, and for those of you who don't know what reverse dieting is, is you go back, you know, your, your regular, what you've been um, eating, and you slowly increase back up to, um, you know, a decent uh, calorie range, um, and you do that to, you know, save your hormones, save your metabolism, that kind of thing. Um, you don't really want to gain the weight back super quickly. So you just, you know, it's literally reverse dieting. Um, so that Monday, I was supposed to start my reverse diet and get back on it. And I just couldn't. Um, I, I mean, I definitely could have. But I, I, for 22 weeks, I was really, really strong. I was really able to stick in there and um, be really strict but I made myself sick on food I ate and ate and ate and ate and ate and I literally didn't stop until I was throwing up and then the next day I did a little bit better and then the following day I did it again and I ate and ate and ate until I made myself throw up I went to the bathroom and I shoved my finger down my throat and it's it's the worst feeling in the world to know that you can be strong, to know that you can have control over food for that long, and then all of a sudden it's like you're allowed to have it. You know you shouldn't. You're allowed to. I don't know. It's so it's hard to explain. What do you think you could have done differently or what kind of approach you could have taken mentally that would have mm, just benefited that or made made that a better transition um I think honestly as much as I would have like really as much as I enjoyed my post-show meal um I would have limited it um and I would have still counted it um I think not letting the reins loose at all or having any free days is really helpful um and I don't know, just coming back and having pre-prepped meals. And that's what helped me a lot of my prep was having all of my meals prepped and ready to go for that week. And I didn't do that after my competition. We got back from my competition and we pretty much got all of our stuff together and we went and made keto bricks. And so we weren't home, we were traveling. Um, there was just a lot going on. We were staying up all night. Um, I had not reset myself. I didn't allow myself to walk slowly through the movements of being okay, going back to a low calorie after filling myself to the brim and feeling really, really good. Um, and I'm still struggling with that. Um, and that's why I haven't really, like, posted anything on it and that kind of thing just because it's something that I'm still working on and that is a little bit difficult for me right now. It makes me really emotional and um, I'm really hard on myself um, and some days are better than others but it's slowly getting better and I'm slowly getting you know back on track. I've gained a little bit more weight than I would have liked and I have nobody to blame but myself. I think post-show First of all, I think post-show on keto is so, so much better than post-show with carbs. Like, 
you can just regulate a lot better than if you were on carbs. That said, keto is not like the miracle cure that's going to make post-show, you know, pain-free. Like, Mm -hmm. post-show competition is hard. Like, there's a lot of mental battles and struggles there. And for anybody that has never done a competition, it's going to be hard for them to relate with these emotions because it's just like, well, we'll just don't eat that much. You know, just (laughs) cut and dry. But bodybuilding and competition prep dieting is an extreme thing Mm -hmm. and the pendulum swings you know like if you go into an extreme deficit mentally physically emotionally that's going to have and the pendulum is going to swing the other way and it's going to be extreme on the reverse side as well people don't talk about that part of it they don't yeah that's why i've always tried to like really just bring that out to the forefront because it's just as important honestly because you want sustainability i do want people to know um i have yet to talk about it and honestly when this podcast goes live this is the first time anybody's going to hear about it you know um i need to be honest about it i need to be open about it and i haven't really been able to because i feel like i need to fix myself um before i can make it public um and i feel like i've maybe gotten to a certain point where i I feel maybe more confident about it um but people don't talk about it they do not talk about it and it would have helped me a lot if someone would have told me and i i know like robert has um robert has you know told me about that in the past and i kind of just thought because i had such an appreciation for food and because i had all these emotions during my prep that i wouldn't do this but I have, and and it's hard, and I am a, a coach. I am a keto coach. I talk people through this kind of stuff every single day. I can tell you right from wrong, but you have to overcome your own mind, and, and nobody can do it for you. It, it is really, really weird how you can talk about something every single day and, um, you know, walk other people through it, but... When you go through it yourself, it it's it brings you to a whole nother level, you know. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know, like the same thing happened to me with my first competition, um, and with all competitions. I will say this though: the more you do, the easier it gets to not let that pendulum swing so far on both sides. Um, and I think a lot of that's just simply from experience, like knowing kind of like the cycle and the process, and just knowing how your body and mind will play out um but i mean it gets better and better and better but it is hard that first experience because you know obviously don't want you don't want that to become a negative in your life either mm-hmm. um but yeah knowing that you do have full control and to not let food become all-consuming of your mind and emotions mm-hmm. i mean that, that is a hard thing and it takes work yeah it does well and, and another thing is i don't know I don't know that this would even be an issue for everyone. This has been an issue in my past. I used to binge and restrict a a lot. So for me, it was almost something like how I used to feel. You know, I used to love the feeling of feeling hungry because I knew that later on I could go binge. Yeah, it's not a good cycle. It's a vicious yo-yo. It, it really is. And it's something that I've had to work on in my past. And it's just it's just been brought back to the surface. And it's something that you have to overcome, you know. So, What would you tell somebody 
like on all fronts, you know, whether they're playing with the idea of doing a competition, going mm-hmm. through a prep, you know, whether in their last week of competition prep or they're just mm-hmm. going into the rebound, like what are some some words of wisdom you would bestow on somebody that's that's about to do what you've just done? Gosh, I don't think there's good enough words I could use. Um, just do you. Be proud of yourself. Push yourself to the absolute freaking limit. You will never regret pushing yourself harder. You, you only have yourself. You only have one body. You only have so much time before you step on that stage. But as long as you can be proud of yourself, the moment that you step up there or the moment you decide to do a show or the, even if you're you're not going to do a bodybuilding show or a figure show or whatever, whatever sport, whatever thing you choose to do, as long as your practice, as long as your training, as long as everything that you do leading up to that moment that you decide to do it or the moment that you actually follow through, push yourself and be the best that you can be. 100% agree. 100% agree. And I remember vividly saying to you, you know, as long as you give it your all, you're going to walk off that stage a winner. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so incredibly true. And it probably has a new meaning for you now that you've just done it. Yeah. What do you think about excuses? I bet you have a whole new take on excuses now. Pisses me off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, there are no excuses, especially when you're, like, in the middle of a competition prep. I mean, there just there is literally no excuse for anything. You push yourself and... And things just have to get done. Like, you don't want to go to the gym? You have to go to the gym. That's part of the reason I say, like, I didn't lose any muscle because I went to the gym. I pushed hard really. I pushed hard every single day. I pushed myself to do the cardio I didn't want to do, even though I was literally walking on the Stairmaster just crying because I didn't want to be on it or I didn't know if my body could push through another five minutes. Yeah, it's um, it's crazy. A lot of people wait for, like, the stars to align before they they do a competition prep like they never it doesn't will. work that way like honestly every single time you do a prep the chaos it's like it's on cue or something it just mm-hmm. amplifies i mean we literally launched two businesses got engaged traveled all in the same month of your competition yeah um you like doubled in coaching clients i mean like, things only got more chaotic. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, and it's still insane. But <laughs> the coolest thing is knowing you couldn't have done anything more. Like, if you, like, I almost want that chaos to happen now because it's like, you know, without a doubt, if you're giving it your best. Because if you're not giving it your best, you, 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 <laughs> you just really know what your best is because you are absolutely pushed to the limit on all fronts. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's rewarding on so many levels far beyond the simple act of stepping on stage and getting a plastic trophy. I mean, absolutely. the journey, the experience, the, the, the highs, the lows, what you take from it, like it literally carries over into every aspect of your life and makes you a better person. 100% agree. And I'm really <clears throat> proud of you for how you did. And, and I was proud of you long before the judges ever called your placing because I knew that you, I mean, you didn't miss a workout. You didn't miss a meal. You gave it your best, and I recognize that, and I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. 
All right. Any other words of wisdom you can bestow or anything, any parting, parting thoughts or comments you'd like to leave the audience with? I feel like I said, I said a lot. And I think I said a lot of things without even having to use words specifically to get across points. But, um, I mean, you can always reach out to me if, if you're having struggles, if you're going through a competition. Like, I'm looking forward to watching people's competition preps, especially on keto, because I, I now know. I now know what it's like. And without a doubt in my mind, it was the best experience I've ever had. Um, so, I mean, do it. If you're thinking about it, do it. Give it your all literally all of you and uh yeah you won't regret it um i think i think that's about all i have to say all right well, where can people go to find out more about you uh you can go to my instagram uh crystal what is it crystal love crystal love fka um or you can go to female ketogenic athlete.com um, I'm also coaching on deeperstateketo.com. Uh, what else? I have my YouTube, which I documented my whole prep, um, female ketogenic athlete on YouTube. Um, and you make pretty, pretty often appearances on my YouTube channel. Yeah. Keto Savage YouTube channel. I am on very, very often. <laughs> I think half of my videos have got more you in than me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, shoot, yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you on, babe. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody check out her. I'll, I'll link everything in the description. Again, you know, I'm proud of her. She, she kicked butt this competition. She did, did the whole thing keto, off-season, contest prep, peak week, post-show, everything. And she's a female. She got first place. And I can't promise you that you'll get first place. And I can't promise you that somebody will propose if you compete. <laughs> But I can promise you that if you give this your all, the effects and benefits it'll have on your life will go far, far beyond the competition itself. Mm. So with that said, you'll have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take care.